and um we are live yeah just like that it's like back in the occupy days how's everybody doing today all right pretty good pretty good pretty good i'm glad been arranging shit in the new rv indeed been painting Pieces yeah. already on the wall. Yep. Framed in everything. That's what's up. Indeed. I seriously, I never do that with my own work, but like that one turned out great. Hi, I'm Emily. Like I see you in the comments. I haven't even opened it yet. I'm about to. Hi, Ron. It says that you're watching with me, so I know you're there. Hi, Jenny. All right, share to group. All right, so... Um, if you enjoy these streams that we do uh, or any of the other segments that we do, please make a donation on Patreon. A little bit goes a long way. Uh, that's patreon.com slash for we are many. And of course, by now, I'm sure you've figured out that we're on a whole bunch of um, social media platforms. And of course, our website www.forwearemany.org. So uh, today we do not have Dean with us, but we do have something for him. Yeah. And Dean, I, I, I really hope that you enjoy this as much as, at least I do. I can't speak for anybody else. It's your birthday today. It's your birthday today. Rock, roll, and celebrate. Celebrate, we lose control, and you cut the cake. Cut the night is yours. Destiny awaits. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Santa's house with your closest mates. It's your birthday Oh my god, he's gonna fucking love that. <laughs> oh, <shit>. uh, <laughs> I hope everybody's awake now. Mm. Yeah. I know I am. Happy birthday, Dean. We miss you. Uh Ron asked what's on our agenda tonight. And that's a that's a pretty solid question. Um, 
a lot of it's you know kind of the same old uh talking about politics um a big focus is going to be the chauvin trial um i feel like we squeezed a lot into combating fascism today and there's quite a bit of international news so uh for a short rundown that's um that's where we're at real quick rob you have a notification um the 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 company has a notification i just got it on gmail and i would like to thank natalie thank you for becoming our new five dollar patreon subscriber you're fucking amazing we love you it's fucking dope thanks shout out to both james and natalie too both of them reached out to me like hey man what happened to the stream last thursday it's a long story we don't got to get into it we all had crazy weeks Sorry, it's still going to happen. I would assume it'll be this Thursday. Indeed. We're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Natalie and James both reached out to make sure the stream was happening tonight. So uh, thank you for checking up on us. I appreciate that. It means a lot. So, hey, uh, Igor. What's up? How are things in Brazil? That's a good question. I actually, I am curious how things are going in Brazil. I'm, I'm always curious. Um, anyway, not to derail us from the agenda tonight. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Mutual aid, solidarity, not charity. We don't need some guy at the top skimming off half. Um, so I'm going to drop this uh, link in the comments. Um, it's a PBS article talking about how mutual aid networks came together out of necessity. Um, specifically, they're talking about, you know, the COVID um, pandemic, but this has always been true and it's on each and every one of us to get involved or to support these organizations. Um, an injury to one is an injury to all. And it, it could be any of us that needs that help tomorrow. So I'm, I'm not going to read the article. I'm not going to waste our time like that, but um, I am going to drop the link in the comments. And then we're going to be going on to COVID um, I'm not going to go as in-depth into it as Dean usually does. I'm just going to give a very brief overview. Uh, so, sorry, I had to close out of that to share the link. We're good now. Where's the music at, Don? I'm sorry. I thought that what I'm listening to isn't isn't free. I figured you'd oh, share. Yeah, I just have see, mine I, playing in the background for ambiance in my room. I see. Okay. Well, I assumed that you were uh, playing. Okay. Uh, over 26 million vaccine doses were administered today worldwide. Uh, deaths are still tracking downward in the U.S. Hospi hospitalizations seem to still be holding pretty level. 
But, but Michigan is quickly becoming a, a COVID hotspot again, just like Dean um, predicted. Um, and Polish hospitals are struggling with a surge of virus pa uh, patients. So it's not just here. I don't know. These uh, vaccine numbers are reassuring, though. I can say, and I, I, I want to say that you will not hear this from Walmart themselves because they don't want to admit it, but I'll say it because I'm not in any way, shape, or form connected to Walmart. But um, the Walmart in my hometown closed down due to a COVID outbreak. They had 50 people out. And it started two weeks ago. And they just closed down yesterday because they wanted to make that Easter money. Yeah, they closed down at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time yesterday so they could make a little bit of that Easter money. And now they're telling the local populace that they are closed for cleaning, but they won't say that they're cleaning because of the COVID outbreak. So just to... Well, and I mean, you know, when I first heard they were closing, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, they don't, maybe they do give a little bit of a shit about their employees, but no, the employees are still going in to do the cleaning. Yeah. And, and we know it's a, now it's a freight that they found in the back. Well, right. I, of course, but I mean, we have to remember this is an airborne virus cleaning. I'm not saying like, don't clean. Right. But as long as you're washing your hands, disinfecting surfaces is not going to do much to stop the spread of COVID. Anyway, moving on into us politics. Um, so McConnell is warning CEOs about consequences if they get involved with politics. And I had to ask myself, like, is this satire? Because it seems like that's exactly what he's always wanted, right? Right. I mean, that that's the whole basis of lobbying is corporations buying votes, influencing politics. If he really means it, then they should outlaw lobbying already and remove the fucking money from politics. But we all know he won't do that because he gets too many corporate handouts for his own campaigns and shit. So uh, Natalie said she got her first Moderna vaccine on March 31st. Good shit. Um, Jakarta dropped a couple <coughs> of links in the comments. So I'll check those out when I have time. Um, Ron said epidemiologist Michael Osterholm says we are in a category five COVID hurricane. Former FDA chief Scott Bottle, who the fuck is the FDA to say anything about a fucking outbreak, really? <laughs> anyway, but uh, Scott Bottle says there is no fourth wave coming. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, we've only had two waves, so I mean, we don't know if there's going to be a fourth wave coming, but historically, that's that's the trend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. But no, anyway, um, fucking McConnell, dude. <laughs> that's, that's literally like 
what he's been fighting for his entire time in the Senate is more corporate control over politics. And now he's saying there will be consequences. What the fuck? It would be nice if there were. Ladies and gentlemen, and all my non-binary comrades, Lord Sterling has entered the chat. Hello, Lord Sterling. Oh, yeah, we didn't do introductions today. We, we didn't. We oh. did not. Just about to tell you that. Oh, shit, my bad. You guys probably know me by now. I'm Rob. I'm Trisha. Good evening. First and foremost, Hello. let me tell you, my name is Donald Hughes. I want... I want to make this very clear. I want to make sure that YouTube demonetizes us right off the bat. Tucker Carlson sucks Ben Shapiro's flaccid penis. Yes. Only flaccid. Only flaccid. Never hard. Well, Benny Boy's doctor wife pegs him. Dry. Follow that up, Sterling. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. How do you follow that? It's like the first band just killed it. Now I'm going to fucking play Wonderwall. Fuck you guys. <laughs> My name's Love Sterling, you. and I'm here. <laughs> and now I'm not here. I have to grab weed. Well, you weren't here anyway. You're not showing us your 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 face. Um, Ron said McConnell and his wife are both rich due to corporate ties. Um, hey, look at that. We didn't even have to say it. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, he is worth millions, and he's from the poorest fucking state in the nation. Oh, oh, the full quote is, quote, corporations will invite serious consequences if they become a vehicle for far-left mobs to hijack our country from outside the constitutional order. Oh, so he's specifically not wanting leftist corporations. If, I, don't, I don't know how that, that alone sounds like a fucking conundrum to unpack. But it, corporations it <laughs> that have, you know, some leftist influence of what the United States calls left, which is centrist. Um, he doesn't want them to influence politics, but the right wing ones who do it the most, they're still welcome to do so. Yeah. Okay, and, oh, and the reason this happened is because Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines spoke out against the law signed by Governor Brian Kemp. And uh, I'm sure that you guys all know that uh, the 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game is not happening in Georgia because of the... But, but I, I, what? what's he going to do to Delta Airlines? Give him more money? Probably. Probably. Yes. There's no more money to give them. No more money exists. Oh, no. They'll gladly print more for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just not for us, bro. If we want something, our grandkids have to pay for it. But if they want something, it's our grandkids have to pay for it. Well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's true. I can't even argue with that. I can't either. Listen, Donald William Hughes the third. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. We're trying. We're trying to make it to where you're not gonna have to pay for shit. But grandpa grandpa and his friends are broke and the government's fucking us. With no lube. 
Not even a courtesy spit. So nope. Or a reach around. So, uh, the White House is heading out at uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the vaccination rollout in the state. Um, DeSantis has a vaccination deal with Publix, which donated $100,000 to his PAC. Yeah. Um, but the White, uh, the White House Secretary... Uh, Jen Psaki said, well, 17% of the state is African-American, less than 7% have been vaccinated. I'm not really sure if that means less than 7% of the state or less than 7% of the state's African-American population. They don't really clarify, but whatever. Um, we are not going to hurt the people of Florida just because the, the actions of leadership and we will continue to take actions to ensure the vaccine is equitably distributed. Uh, Biden told reporters that his proposed rise in corporate tax rate and his $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan would not drive companies out of the US. Uh, we need to really stop with that whole line. If it was about taxes, they wouldn't be leaving here for China. It's about labor costs. It's about the bottom line. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, anyway, of course, Mitch McConnell voted uh, or said that he was going to fight Biden's agenda every step of the way. Um, and I mean, honestly, the from, from my perspective, the the infrastructure plan is like the the golden nugget of Biden's entire platform. That being said, it still doesn't go anywhere near far enough, but at least it's a step in the right direction. And Mitch McConnell's going to fight it every step of the way. Remember that when you're driving on crumbling roads to work. Part of that city, though, I mean, my city's notorious. I blame them, too. I mean, that's fair. That's I fair. fucking blame them, too. But I'm, I'm happy to blame Mitch, though, as well. Fuck Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's just him, but I mean, a lot of the problem on the local level is lack of funding. And basically what this infrastructure plan is, is to put money where there is no money to fix the infrastructure that is not getting fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Mansion said no to 28% tax, but is okay with 25. Man, the corporate tax rate <laughs> needs to go back to where it was in the 50s. That's just my take, Agreed. though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. we get too off topic on this DeSantis thing, though, I have a video. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal, but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, 
here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the publics. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, and it's governor. wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. Well, I, I and so like, it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest no, public? No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. Away. You're wrong. Yes, That's sir. That's actually a fact. Man, these like. These like Trump Republicans gotta go, dude. Dude, <clears throat> it's a new way of speaking. It, yeah, they they simply just right off the bat call any sort of information that that challenges their narrative. They call it fake. They call it a fake narrative. The facts are fake. It's fake news. If there are facts backing it up. If there is evidence backing it up, it is not fake news. Just need to make that very clear for our viewers. Well, they're just framing the context of everything. They're taking everything that has a fact. Everything, everything out there has a fact, but they're taking the context around anything they want and shifting that to whatever they need. And like, eventually we're not gonna have any truth. We're not gonna know where the fuck we are, you know? I mean, do we? Do we? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, That's why you always seek the evidence. The evidence will tell you the truth. This uh, this next story should be, you know, fun. Um, actually, I don't think it'll be bad with the people we got watching. But if there's any like like right wing trolls lurking, now is their prime time to strike. Uh, more than a third of millennials approve of communism, according to a YouGov poll. The survey found that 57% uh, that only 57% of 28, 23 to 28 year olds believe the Declaration of Independence better guarantees freedom and equality than the Communist Manifesto, with only 50% viewing capitalism favorably. 70% of those polled described economic inequality as a major issue with nearly two thirds of those believing the country's highest earners are not paying their fair share of taxes. One in five millennials believe that society would be better if all private property was abolished. Um, I'm just gonna interject there and clarify that private property is probably not what you think it is. It's not your house and your car. Private property is land, literally land and or the means of production, but that's another conversation altogether. Generally, we're talking about land. Your house, your effects, your car, that's personal property, not private property. It's important to make that distinction. Anyway, um, approval of communism rose by 8% in the last year, uh, while appreciation for capitalism dropped by the same margin. Um, Quote, the theories are so broad, they lend themselves to endorsement by very different sorts of people looking at very different things. Uh, that's the professor, pr professor, <laughs> wow, professor of political theory, Lawrence Quill. In contrast, only 7% of boomers favor communism. And I found Emily's joke. <laughs> Is that why they call them boomers? Because like, boo. Jeez, I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Anyway, uh, Jody Dean, a political science professor, states first capitalism is clearly and undeniably failing. It is directly responsible for climate <laughs> catastrophe and everyone knows it. Second, the US right calls it every or the US right calls everything that it doesn't like communism. Obviously, if everything negative is associated with the word communism, people aren't gonna like the word communism. That's what's been happening for 50 fucking years. We do blame you, Emily. No, that's the last for uh, U.S. politics. And now we are going into international news. So there's been a few things that we generally keep up on in terms of uh, international news. And um, there's, there's a few things that are still going on okay so like india they've been they've been protesting in the streets in mass for months myanmar has been fighting this military coup with violent physical force since it happened pretty much these things are still happening um anyway so uh pew research posted a thing on the 31st of march it was a poll, obviously. I don't know why I said a thing. Um, but many in the U.S. and Western Europe say their political system needs major reform. I think that the West needs to quit exploiting the global South and that they're absolutely right. We need a political system that works for the working class, period. And what system is that, Rob? What system is what? Oh, cap. Well, I mean, if we're talking about our political system. I'm like, system, plug it now, plug it now. No. If we're, if we're talking about our political system, then I mean, it's some sort of like weird, like, like merger of like neo fascism and neoliberalism that's like loosely based on a European parliamentary democracy, but it's like less democratic. Well, he was asking you to plug what to replace it with. It oh, would actually represent I was like, fuck, dude, class. no. No, no. <laughs> don't plug capitalism. We don't oh, like I, I was dragging <laughs> capitalism. But I, know. <laughs> I, th I thought that's what he was That's what he This was is getting. a no sales, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jakarta said trade words. unions and socialist coalitions. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I would have said had I gone the other way with that but instead i wanted to just talk shit anyway uh russia yesterday vowed to take extra measures if nato sends forces to ukraine after the kremlin dispatched four thousand troops to the disputed border with its neighbor um that article okay so i wanted to bring this up this uh, not not political, simply something that is fucking happening that we as citizens of this world need to watch out for. A Russian military analyst, guy that works for the Kremlin, said that in the next four weeks, we could be looking at a potential pan-European, if not world war, because of this. Um, 
And I, I was talking about it today with Trisha and my mom. And from a military history standpoint, um, Hitler invaded a few, invaded and annexed a few different places during the buildup to <laughs> World War II. Um, it started out with a portion of Poland that was, uh, or was it Poland or was it Czechoslovakia? It was a portion of one of his neighboring countries that was German speaking. And then it was Poland. And then it was a few other places and people didn't say anything. This is how empires start getting built. And it's something that we need to watch out for. I'm not saying that the Russian people are our enemy or anything like that, but Vladimir Putin is a legitimately dangerous guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I mean, honestly, the current Russian government as a whole, so I mean, yeah, Putin to put a face to it, but it's not just him. The entire Kremlin is corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, just as much just as corrupt as our leaders, they're just a little more open about the way they do things, man. Well, I mean, I think that they're just as corrupt now as they were, you know, under the Communist Party in the 80s when everything was falling apart. But I don't yeah, think that he's... gangsters. Well, I'm not convinced they're not. They act like it, don't they? Well, I mean, keep in mind when the current Russian government took power, uh, when you would go to Russia on trips, you would have to pay the the Russian mob to keep you safe in Russia, and they would pay the cops and shit like that. Yeah, There's a lot of documented, a lot of people who have been to Russia have talked about this. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're actual gangsters. It's a wholesome practice. JK. <laughs> um, farmers are holding protests outside FCI offices in uh, Rotok and Karnal in India. Um, I believe that's the Food Corporation of India, by the way. Um, farm unions observed FCI Bachao Divas by staging protests at the Food Corporation of India offices across the state. Following uh, the call of Samyukt Kisan Morka, farmers demanded a remunerative MSP for crops and strict action against buyers who purchase crops below MSP. In Rotok, farmers assembled at uh, Mansarovar Park and proceeded to the FCI office. Um, so, so basically, they are everything's still going the same in India with the farm bills, and now they are protesting outside of corporation offices. Um, which, I mean, if their system functions anything like ours, and I'm sure some form of lobbying or bribery is probably the reason that those laws are in place in the first place. Um, but basically they are proposing a reduction in moisture level, uh, along with a reduction in procurement of damaged grain 
and stricter quality control. So, I, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to, like, negotiate, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure what their goal of these specific protests are, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know enough about the situation. But they're still holding protests all across fucking India. They're just not in Delhi anymore because they shut down Delhi. They shut down all routes to Delhi. You guys are talkative, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. And then from Myanmar, um, <clears throat> sorry, I was reading the comments. Okay, so I'm not a big fan of CNN, but they got into Myanmar with the military's permission. Uh, there was a whole bunch of like, you know, oh, well, you're not going to be led around by the military. You're going to have freedom of movement. You're going to be able to talk to whoever you want. And then they got there and that's not the situation at all. Um, and at least five people who have talked to CNN in Myanmar have been arrested since. So there's a CNN video Um basically talking about the situation and I know how we all feel about CNN, but this is probably the closest thing to journalism they've ever done. I'm excited to see it. Oh yeah. I've got something to say after it's done. The infamous loading screen. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, hey, an ad. Hold on. I will stop sharing until that ad is over because I do not agree with advertisements. Yes, they pay us, but not them. Not the tobacco industry. No. Okay, here we go. Oh, wait, hold on. I, must, I forgot to share audio. Fuck? I forgot to share audio, bro. Damn. It happens, man. It happens. We're Damn. new. We're new at this. We've only been doing it for a few months now. Right. Somehow Our learning I'm not curve mirrored. is like a roller coaster. And now I'm somehow I'm not mirrored on live. Oh no. <laughs> why do you want why do you gotta be mirrored? Because it fucks with my psychology, bro. Same. Same. If I'm Our award joins us now live from Myanmar with the permission of the military, who we do want to note is escorting our team. So, Clarissa, what's happening now? Tell us why it's so important for you to be there. Well, as you said, John, two months ago, a democratically elected government was overthrown by the military in a coup after the military suffered what can only be described as a humiliating defeat in the elections back in November. That coup has given rise to an enormous protest movement that has swelled across the country. Put simply, the military does not have the support of the people of Myanmar. And as those protests have swelled and have people have become more angered about this coup, so too has the violent oppression 
of that protest movement by the military. As you said, hundreds have been killed, among them dozens of children. We wanted to come here to report on the ground because simply put, John, no other journalists, international journalists, have been allowed into Myanmar since this coup happened. Now, we came with permission from the military, with all of the complications that that entails, but we still felt that it was of vital importance to come here ourselves to see what was happening and to confront the people responsible for the violence. And, and so, Clarissa, I mean, I know all of this is delicate, but since you're under the auspices of the military, are you able to report freely? We had been assured prior to coming here that we would have independence and freedom of movement. We wanted to stay in a hotel in Yangon that was not allowed. We're staying instead in this military compound. It's completely walled off. We cannot come in and out and move freely. Uh, on our first day, we were moving around with a convoy of six trucks full of soldiers. In addition to that, we have many minders following our every move. Whenever we do have the opportunity to be on the street, which is very rarely, Allison, our minders are constantly filming everything with their cell phones, making notes, making phone calls, taking records of every single person we talk to and every single movement we make. So it has not been without its challenges, Allison. Well, they're taking pictures and they're taking names, apparently, Clarissa. So tell us about the people who've been detained after speaking with you. So this was a very distressing incident, John. On one day, we were finally allowed to go to a public space, to an open market. And it's important to underscore here that we have not solicited contact with any activists, with anyone who's part of the protest movement, because we know, given the context that we're here in, just how dangerous that could be. However, when we took our cameras out in this market and started shooting video, people started coming up to us. People started giving the three-fingered Hunger Games salute that has become the emblem, the symbol of this defiant movement. And they came up and started telling us their stories. They told us they were frightened. They told us there is no peace there. And we let them say their piece. We felt it was important to give them the opportunity to have their side of the story on the record. Shortly afterwards, however, we found out that many of them were detained. One woman actually ran after me while we were still at the market, trembling like a leaf on the phone with someone who said that three people we'd spoken to had already been arrested. We had the opportunity, however, to sit down with Myanmar's senior military, uh, senior military leadership, the government spokesman himself, and we asked him why on earth these people had been arrested, and we urged him to release them. Take a listen. Before this, actually, I don't even know that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to cut it there. I fuck that guy. He's, there was only 11 people arrested and we're working on releasing them as soon as we can. No, it's been days, motherfucker. Open the door. That's all it takes. Quit lying. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. So... I just want to point out one of the requirements for a world war is um, smaller, smaller engagements across the globe. Um, and not always, you know, the allies versus the Axis powers. It's sometimes there's a civil war in Myanmar, for example, and a um, civil war in 
Portugal and Russia's at war with the rest of the people in Europe and China's at war with fucking Taiwan. That's how a world war starts. Um, so please keep that in mind in the coming weeks. We're, I really think we're going to see more and more unrest and this shit can potentially boil over. So we're going to have COVID and now maybe a world altercation. Well, I mean, it right makes sense the- though. It makes sense though. Um, everybody is, everybody, everybody's irritated right now. Everybody's irritated about COVID and the lockdowns and politics. And with that going on, governments are look, government, the, the military machine doesn't just simply stop because people are sick. things everything's always still in play um so yeah of course we're gonna have conflicts right after a plague it would seem like something that we wouldn't do but humans are stupid sometimes i'm sorry guys well there's just a lot of opportunity for change and all that is what i'm saying yeah. Um, yeah, the I really wouldn't know how to navigate a world war or even a big scale war like that. Um, one that's not like a perpetual money machine. I mean, which this one will probably be as well too, but uh, to an ex- to an extent, but something like this is um in the past has been typically had a different vibe to it for lack of a better term. Um I don't know, man. But I'm a pretty decent military analyst, so if if you want my opinion on what's going on in the coming weeks and months, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. What's up, James? Rob, you were muted, my friend. My bad. James, uh, we uh, gave you a shout out earlier because you were one of the ones that, you know, like reached out like, hey, what happened to the stream? And I appreciate that. So wanted to make sure you heard it. Um, so that whole time I was gone, were you talking about the world war? Yeah, the potential for world war. I thought so. I thought so. Telling I, just, people. I just wanted to make sure you didn't talk about the next. No, no. I was um, talking about the potential for world war and explaining why it's a potential, especially right after a large pandemic like we just had and global economic recession and things like this. It's serious potential. Oh, yeah. Johnny did uh, message us about a week ago. Um, we haven't looked it over. We didn't even do Thursday's stream last night. We've had all of us, literally all of us have had crazy weeks. Um, but yes, Johnny, we haven't forgotten about you. We do still want to talk about that. I have not had a chance to read over it though. 
I, I don't know if anybody else has. Um, back in the international news, the U.S. is moving ahead with Guantanamo Bay trial of Bali bombing suspects. I just wanted to point out it's business as usual. Nothing fundamentally changed at fucking Guantanamo Bay. I have an idea. How about we just give the Cubans their land back and get rid of this human rights travesty? That's dangerous thinking, Rob. Can't be having that. Honestly, I'm surprised that Cuba hasn't just taken it back from us. They can't. It's surrounded by landmines. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty and much armed problem. guards this and is a problem. Naval um, ships off the coast. <laughs> okay, they could invest in a fleet of little remote little. control cars and drive <laughs> them into the minefield. <laughs> Set that shit off. Blow up the guards. I don't know. But, don't okay, so like, I, I guess I what I'm getting at is I have a problem with people encouraged. even being it held happens. there, but they are holding trials there. Out of yeah, the public they, eye on a secluded island with no media coverage. Yeah, yeah, those trials should be held. If they're being held, they should be held like in the United States or at the UN General Assembly. That is what I was thinking, is the UN General Assembly. Um, but the, the three accused, these bombers were arrested in 2003. Bro. And they're just now going to get a trial? Well, I mean, not even now. They've, they, they're they planning that it's going to happen. But there still hasn't even been a date set for it. These people were arrested in 2003. And I mean, frankly, I don't care about the Department of Defense statements. I don't care what the charges are. The point is... They were arrested 18 years ago. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, I'm 30 years old. In 2003, I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I was in college. Either way. It's intoxicated. It's a long fucking time for them to be (laughs) held without due process. Sterling was intoxicated. Uh, Jakarta asked, would those be military-style trials? I can almost guarantee it, dude. On a Navy base? The only McDonald's in Cuba might be there, but I don't think there's a actual courthouse there. McDonald's in Cuba. Yeah, there's only one, and it's on Guantanamo Bay Naval Base. Fucking A. When I was in Afghanistan, the Canadians brought a Tim Hortons with them. It closed down while I was working at Tim Hortons in Dallas. Wow. Yeah. The, the Canadians brought a Tim Hortons to the battlefield. They brought Man. a Tim Hortons and two hockey rings. <laughs> Is that made up? No. No. That's they real. Wouldn't. That's real. They brought a Tim Hortons, two hockey rings, uh, a place for them to drink because America is the only country that doesn't let their soldiers drink. Not that I blame us. I mean, our our view on drinking is kind of skewed compared to the rest of the civilized world. But 
Yeah. Didn't they say they were they weren't military combatants? That's what I thought, and that's why I don't know how they're going to hold them to a military trial. Um, but what other what other type of trial is going to happen on a military base? Um, None, maybe, from the looks of it. Eighteen fucking years. Yeah, just right. indefinite detention. And that's what we were talking about when fucking uh, uh, when we were talking about how bad Senate Bill 1867 was uh-huh. because of the, the riders that they slipped into it pretty much. Um, we were talking about how the Patriot Act had already done some of those things and that's, that's exactly what this is. This is right. the Patriot were just Act shit. On it. Yeah. They were expanding from being able to treat foreigners with that lack of due process to including Americans in that lack of due process, which is completely fucking unconstitutional. Um, and they could arrest anybody and do so with indefinite detention, with no representation, no call to your lawyer at all. You fuck you, you're disappeared and no trial just because they label you a terrorist and the list of shit that they'd kicked out within the FBI for identifying terrorists was fucking ridiculous. It was shit like if you have two weeks worth of food in your home, if you take a camera with you everywhere, who the fuck doesn't? We have smartphones, Um, you know, like shit like that, that it's like literally anybody any fucking normal everyday citizen could be labeled a terrorist under that list. It's ridiculous. Yeah, fucking a hundred percent. They're just looking for an excuse to stop people from protesting, from exercising our first amendment rights. And that's being exemplified with a lot of shit that's on the table right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I need to, before the next stream, which is going to be next Monday, obviously, um, before the next current event stream, anyway, uh, I need to do, there are so many anti-protest bills in so many state legislatures right now, including Arizona, and I don't know enough about any of them to talk about them, um, and I need to change that. One already passed in Florida. I need to dig into it a little bit more. But. Right. Uh, it's it's a sad fucking state to a state of things, I should say, to see so many states going and passing bills like this that are literally against the community itself. Yep. Um, so now we're moving into wealth inequality. Um, so I brought a I brought an article from the UK this time to talk about wealth inequality, because I'm trying to show that it's not a uniquely American issue. It's a colonial issue. But the richest six people in the United Kingdom own as much wealth as the bottom 13 million. Yeah. That's insane. Isn't it? Isn't it? I I don't think it needs a whole lot of diving into, um, but it's it's the same here. Um, six billionaires have a combined wealth estimated at 
39.4 billion pounds, while 4 million people live in, uh, live in poverty, according to the Equality Trust. And, you know, of course, topping the list, um, I don't want to mispronounce any of these names, so I'm not going to, but their wealth is derived from their, conglo uh, their conglomerate, which includes oil, car making, and banks. Uh, the founder of a fracking and petrochemicals firm uh, who moved to tax-free Monaco earlier this year, a hedge fund manager, and conservative party donors. It doesn't say what they do, but conservative party donors. So yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a global colonial issue. And a capitalist issue. Absolutely. Is that really all I put under wealth inequality today? Hmm. Looks like it. All right. Well, power of a strike. So I'm going to keep this one brief today too. Actually, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, but nothing that really needs a deep dive into. Amazon workers are striking in Germany and Italy over working conditions. Surprise! They piss in a fucking bottle. The National Labor Relations Board ruled that Amazon retaliated against organizing workers in Chicago. That's big. And of course, um, I think it's tomorrow that the workers in Alabama vote. Maybe it was today. Maybe they have voted. I don't know. Either way, it's important. We're going to be keeping our eyes on it. Um, fuck Jeff Bezos. Was the, fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> was the point of Great that. Great ass. With Ben Shapiro's placid penis and his wife's dildo. What do you think of that title? I like it. I laughed when I saw it. Indeed. You cheeky bastard. You cheeky bastard. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to like open this article and I just want all of us to just riff on it. We're just going to do a back and forth. <laughs> all right. Because I, how many of you have paid any attention to the trial at all? I know that we've all been busy, so I mean, I'm zero, zero, zero. So I want to start this section off by saying the uh, it, it blows my mind that this murder was witnessed by what like eight or nine people who all spoke out about it at the time. Right. And it was recorded and it went viral on the internet. So pretty much everybody has seen it. And then submitted for evidence, they have four different body camera angles. They have two cell phone videos and two security camera videos. They have the entire thing from every angle. This should have been a one day trial. Are you fucking kidding me? Here's the video. Is he guilty? Did he do it? Weird. I think he fucking did it. Anyway, it does seem that the prosecution is actually trying to uh, Anyway, it also se it seems like the prosecution is doing a pretty good job at actually trying to make the charges stick. Um the, the police chief today, uh, Arredondo, 
Uh, he's the one that five days after George Floyd's death went to George Floyd Square and paid his respects. And he was talking about how uh, uh, he wanted everybody to be treated with dignity and respect um, and how he was going to make it his goal to change the culture of the NPD. Um, he testified today. And he said unequivocally that Chauvin's kneeling on Floyd's neck is not a trained ta tactic, and it was a violation of the policies around de-escalation, um, objectively reasonable use of force, and the requirement to render aid. Um, he kind of described the training programs a little bit um, and the core values of treating everyone with dignity and respect. Apparently, he brings that up regularly. Um, and officers are required to be familiar with these policies. They do training on it every year. And sometimes they do, you know, more than that. Like if there's like an eight hour block of specifically de-escalation training or whatever, they're all required to go to that. And that was all submitted as evidence that Chauvin went to these um, training trainings and that he knew what he was doing was fucking wrong. Of course he knew, he didn't care. I don't know why the defense can't just come up and say that. They should be able to. Shit. It's very clear. Like, how do you literally go through regular training like that and not know better? You fucking know better. You're a murderous fucking pig. I mean, that being said, there is a lot more to the Minneapolis Police Department. Granted, I think that Arredondo kind of inherited a shit show. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a, a black police chief in Minneapolis before him. Something worth looking up. Right. Um, so testimony is going to resume tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Obviously, none of us are going to be up for that. <laughs> um, I guess I can't say that, but I won't be. It's three hours later here. <laughs> or did I get... So you won't be up at 11.30 a.m.? Never mind. I just, yeah, I just put that together. <laughs> I think he might be. Anyway, his commander also testified. Another Minneapolis police officer testified this afternoon. Um, and, and the defense was cross-examining the chief who fired Chauvin and the other three officers. Um, so, like, I, 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 he was trying to, like, what the defense was trying to do, in my opinion, was trying to say that he didn't know, that he didn't, he wasn't trained better than that. And the entire fucking department was like, no, 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 no. Um, and they do have a, they do have restrictions on, uh, like when they can use certain types of restraints, particularly neck restraints. And even if the neck restraint was used, that's light to moderate pressure. Um, and that wouldn't be your fucking knee. 
no light to moderate would be a hand, not even in the neck, but like upper shoulder area, because that's all you really need. A proper neck restraint is the rear naked choke, which you wrap this arm around the opponent's head, take this hand, if they put their chin down, you put it at the Brit at the base of their nose, it pushes them up, and then pull their head back and squeeze a little bit. That is a safe choke. That is a safe choke. If you know how to do it, it's safe. It's not going to kill anybody. It's not going to suffocate somebody. It's going to simply cut off the blood flow and put them to sleep. That's it. You got to do it for like 10 to 15 seconds max. Yeah. No, nine minutes. Not nine minutes. Not nine minutes. And that... Rob, I made I made a prediction in the group chat when this when this trial started. <clears throat> I said that what we're gonna see is going to basically be, in my opinion, and I'm sorry if that if the way I word this offends anybody. I'm not saying this to offend anybody, but this <clears throat> is the best way I can word it. We're gonna see white pig Jesus handed over by Pilate. To, dot, to get punished for the sins of his fucking comrades. Well, there's no way they're not. There. There's I mean, no one, one bad cop. One bad cop isn't enough. No, we know this. We know this. <clears throat> but there, the system knows that there's no way that they can't convict this fucking guy. The whole place will burn if they don't convict this guy. Well, not even that. The juror, Ron said this in the comments. The jurors have actually been paying attention. They've been taking notes and shit. Like, there's no way that he's not getting convicted. What I'm concerned about is a slap on the wrist sentence from the judge. That depends on what the jurors, the jury finds him guilty of. Um, I'm not That's 100% true. sure what the exact charges that he's facing uh, are. Third degree manslaughter, third degree murder, and second degree murder. Basically, they kind of were just like, I mean, frankly, I think that there's evidence for first degree. The court, as far as I know, haven't talked about the fact that they supposedly knew each other. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that when this first happened. They supposedly knew each other from... Um, didn't Chauvin have a uh, a side job as a bouncer at a nightclub or something? And they I don't even think it was a nightclub, club, but I, I yeah, they worked together as security. It might have been a nightclub. I don't know, but they worked together as um, security guards. Yes, that is the accusation, anyway. So, as for the trial, I recommend following Unicorn Riot on Twitter as well as on YouTube. They stream the entire, like all of the coverage every day. Uh, when there's breaks, they talk about their take on it. They post updates throughout the trial to Twitter directly. Um, I I highly recommend it. They've been doing a really good job on this, just like they did a really good job back in May on on the ground coverage. They were the only reliable source in Minneapolis with on the ground coverage damn near 24 hours a day.
Jakarta said it was a nightclub. I believe okay. it. Yeah. Now we are going into climate change. Yeah. The world is heating up. Speaking of heating up, I mean, this isn't completely climate change related, but it's the 5th of April and it's been high 90s or over, a, well, high 90s and up to 100 degrees every day this week. It's, it's not even the end of the first week of April. So, yeah, that's, that's fun. Anyway, earthquake sounds could reveal how quickly the ocean is warming. That's interesting. Oceans have absorbed about 90% of the excess heat trapped by greenhouse gases that contributes to sea level rise, harming marine species and changing weather patterns. Tracking ocean temperatures has been difficult. Oceans are huge, if you didn't know that. And we can only get information on small portions of the full volume. Um, they currently use Argo, which is a fleet of floats that bob down as low as 2000 meters every 10 days to measure the temperature and other variables in the ocean. Um, only about 4,000 floats, roughly, so it is impossible to see the whole area of the ocean, and they do not get deep enough analysis for, you know, deep water. Um, scientists at the California Institute of Technology and the Chinese Academy of Science have been looking into sounds of earthquakes as a means of analyzing ocean temperatures. Um, compared earthquake acoustics they, sorry, compared earthquake acoustics from the same point of origin between 2004 and 2016 and found that the ocean was warming by about 0 0.08 degrees Fahrenheit per decade, um, which is more than the 0 0.047 degrees per decade suggested by Argo's data. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's actually a huge number when you considering when you consider that this is happening over the entire Indian Ocean. Well, I mean, it's not just happening there either. Think about the mass of the seas, and that all of that is raising by 0 0.08 degrees per decade. I'm not quite sure how the science works in terms of, um, you know, figuring out. Um, I, I would hate to see the math equations on that. Um, so the cherry blossom blooms this year are uh, happening early all around the world. Um, and uh, so, okay, so like particularly in DC, which I found out today that the, the cherry blossoms in DC were actually a gift from the Japanese and the Japanese um, cherry blossoms both bloomed several weeks. Well, not several weeks, but they both bloomed early um, compared to historical averages. And that's an indicator of warmer temps earlier in the year. Um, cherry trees need a full month of chilly, chilly weather below 41 degrees to properly blossom when it gets warmer. Um, 
And if they don't get the chilly weather to wake them up, they blossom later. So parts of Southern Japan have seen later blooms because they don't have the chilly weather. Um, so that's, that's a problem at all. Um, the delays could get to the point where trees stop blooming altogether. Uh, but the Japanese have had very good record keeping uh, for a long time. And the, they started recording the blooming of the cherry blossoms about 1,200 years ago. And this is the earliest they've ever bloomed. doesn't surprise me i mean even in early march we were having 70 de 70 degree days here in michigan and that's fucking unheard of we're usually still buried in snow um now being into april it it cooled back off because of some rain so it's in the 50s which is a little more normal for april but march was fucking unheard of with how many warm days we had I was reading an article from MLive today that was talking about how um, Noah has been doing studies on the temperature of the Great Lakes and it they are cooling later in the year, later in the fall to late winter, and they're warming up earlier because of climate change. Yeah. Okay, so this is a pretty full section today, as I recall, but we are moving into combating fascism. I would hope that that's everybody's favorite segment, or at least one of them, because who doesn't want to punch a Nazi? Mm, <laughs> this is true. If you don't, you should. Right? It's good it's for what, your health. It's what Captain America would do. It's what your great-grandpa or grandpa in my case would do it's what lane staley would do it's what lane staley would do it's what lane staley did mm. on stage beautiful apparently it was apparently the cops thanked him for it too you know what yeah. everyone should get a letter of thanks from the president <laughs> for punching a Nazi. right yeah this is true um, Medal of Honor for shooting one. I won't go that far, but now we're now we're banned. Now we're banned. <laughs> Natalie said that she read Emily's article on the on climate change on the website, and that she did an excellent job. I agree. That's why I did the one about why we need the Green New Deal because I could just you know like riff on that and like you know look up the specific numbers, sure. But like I mean, she straight up did a fucking scientific research paper in article format <laughs> yeah that's mm. what she does ma'am well right that literally is what she does but i mean i don't know it was impressive emily is, to me e emily is the backbone of this organization mm. and she never comes on the streams sometimes occasionally <laughs> true true it's always in the comments though hi emily we know you're there <laughs> <laughs> um so 
apparently I have reached my limit of uh, free reading from the Guardian, so I can't actually talk about this one as in-depth as I thought I was going to, but Republican Greg Murphy deleted a tweet that was uh, invoking 9-11 after uh, Representative Alan Omar expressed grief about the attack outside the U.S. Capitol on Friday. So from the sounds of it, Greg Murphy tweeted some racist shit and people got pissed off about it. As they should. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not. Yeah, I guess that's an important point of clarity. No, I'm glad people are pissed off about it, but I don't even know the context because the Guardian (laughs) wants money and they're not getting it from me. (laughs) That's fair. That double-edged sword, dude. I mean, honestly, journalists need money, but how how is how is it best that they should be paid? You know, and these people aren't journalists anymore, so why should we pay them? It's tricky. It is. Problem is allowing being in a paid position to steer or all out control what you're even discussing and what you're publishing. Um, because if you're handed a fucking script and told what you can say and quote unquote report it, you're not fucking reporting. That is not investigative journalism. That is not digging for truth and exposing truth about something that's going on. That's being a talking fucking head. We need to get back to old school methods of actual investigative journalism and that that shit we saw from CNN today. That's journalism. That's journalism. I know. Doesn't that seem like a weird sentence to yes. say? Yeah. Yes. But I mean, it's... credit where credit's due, man. Right. They finally did For some sure. fucking journalism again. Um, so I uh, refreshed the project because I found out that Emily added notes to this because she had free articles. So anyway... Um, I can actually talk about this a little bit. Republican Congressman Greg Murphy responded to Ilhan Omar's expression of grief about the attack at the U.S. Capitol on Friday by comparing it to the 9-11 attacks. Omar tweeted, heartbroken to learn another was killed while protecting the Capitol. My thoughts and prayers go out to the officer's family and the entire Capitol Police Force. The death toll would have been worse if the assailant had an AR-15 instead of a knife. Okay, I, I have problems with that statement, but it has nothing to do with 9-11. Um, that last line could have been completely omitted, but anyway, to which Congressman Murphy replied, would have been worse if they had been flying planes into the buildings also. And, uh, North Carolina state Senator Jeff Jackson replied, you just invoked September 11th to attack a Muslim member of Congress. I know you were a little, or I know you a little from when you were in state legislature. This is well beneath you. It doesn't matter how strongly you disagree with her on policy. You should represent our state better than that. Uh, Robert McCaw, director of government affairs for the Council of Islamic Relations, said Murphy's tweet was disrespectful to the victims of the 9-11 attacks, to their families, and to the countless Muslim and other minority hate crime victims who were targeted in the wake of 9-11. His bigoted comments only serve to perpetuate the climate of hate that we are witnessing nation, nationwide. And he deleted the tweet. Justice is served. No. Anyway, 
half of the GOP says the Capitol riots were left-wing activists trying to make Trump look bad. Oh my God. Because he needs help with that. It, he needs a lot of help. Really- takes a special fucking level of stupid to think that a bunch of leftists are going to go to the Capitol to protest a fucking election that they won. Okay? <laughs> and, and in that statement, I, I use the term leftist loosely because we're really talking about centrist when it comes to Democrats. Again, but... It takes a special level of stupid to think that people who voted for Biden would be going there to protest Biden being, you know, officially, you know, put into place that day. Um, Emily said that uh, putting the pressure on to get that tweet deleted was cyberbullying put to good use. (laughs) Yes. Never forget that you can cyberbully every politician. It is 2021. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to make that point. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even fucking remember where the hell I was going now. It's all good. <laughs> it well, went I mean, the ether. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does. But. <sighs> anyway, three months after the mob of Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to prevent the certification of the 2020 election, roughly half of Republicans still believe it was a nonviolent protest or the work of... So they either believe it was a nonviolent protest, like Trump was saying, you know, or they believe that it was the work of left-wing activists trying to make Trump look bad. Um. So last month on Fox News, Trump said right from the start, it was zero threat. Look, they went in. They shouldn't have done it. Some of them went in and they're hugging and kissing the police and the guards. You know, they had great relationships. A lot of the people were waved in and then they walked in and then they walked out. A lot more happened than that, first of all. And uh, yeah, it's a problem that the fascist crowd was kissing on the police and the guards during a fucking COVID pandemic. And then beating one of them to death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that man last week, like reading the, the Mao book, we talked about contradictions in society, dude. Mao would have had a field day trying to dissect those fuckers. Right. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't figure it out, dude. Uh, as it stands, federal prosecutors have criminally charged more than 200 rioters, including many who identify themselves as Trump supporters and have documented ties to far right extremist groups. Surprise. Antifa, Portland Antifa, man, Portland's been crazy. Like, since May, Portland is still crazy. Antifa attacked uh, the office of the Portland Police Union amid the ongoing unrest that, as I just said, has been going on pretty much since May. Shout out to the uh, Portland chapter of the Antifa Sluts movement. (laughs) Indeed. Happy 300 day, you know, I don't know, day-aversary the other day. (laughs) 
they've officially been protesting 300 days Oh yeah. Days ago. Oh, and, yeah. I, I mean, so no arrests were made, um, but of course, like they make it sound like it's gang activity or something. That's what pisses me off. Like the 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 way that the things are worded in the article. Uh, but Portland Antifa members lit a fire outside the police union headquarters Saturday amid ongoing unrest between law enforcement and anti-police protesters. Police said about 40 people gathered outside the Portland, uh, I forget what PPA stands for, but it's the police union um, headquarters and lit wooden debris on fire. It's like, it's like a couple of branches. I have a photo uh, in a second here. But um, Portland police said some people were periodically blocking traffic and they spray painted Nazis work here on the <laughs> side of the building. I mean... They're not wrong. Check this out, though. I'm glad there was no arrest made, honestly. Like, come on. That's that's more of a prank than anything. It, right. There's only one little part of it even burning. Right. It's not a very good fire. You wouldn't survive camping. Yeah, no shit. Check out that ginormous scary fire, guys. Right. <sighs> hey, Emily made that joke in the comments, damn it. <laughs> um, so, Navalny, haven't heard that name in a while, have we? Uh, we were just talking about him earlier today. Yeah. Leader of the oppressed. No, no, not, not oppression. Um, What is it? Opposition. Opposition. <laughs> But words escape me sometimes. But yes, <laughs> Navalny. Um, so, so we know that he's still in prison, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's been in prison since February. He's going on uh, a hunger strike to protest his inability to access medical care. Um, there's a whole interview in... Uh, this article, I'm going to drop the link in the comments before I start going through it. So that way, if anybody wants to follow along or whatever, isn't he actually a racist? Honestly, I don't know. But he is pretty much the only guy that has had the balls to stand up to Putin in the last few years. From what I see as an American. I mean, obviously, I'm not there. But... Um... But he is widely supported by um, a large number of people there who want to bring back hmm. communism minus the authoritarianism that has gotten out of fucking control. The authoritarianism that they didn't get, get rid of by getting rid of communism. Right. They only switched to capitalism, which made the authoritarianism worse. They want to get rid of the authoritarianism and bring back their communist party to actually have a say representing the people who are still communists there and have basically been going without social networks that are needed there, you know? Um, so don't know a whole hell of a lot about him personally, but as far as his <clears throat> political career, um, for anybody who wasn't aware, the, the opposition party is the communist party. 
Um, and they've pretty much been silenced by Putin's regime. Yep. Um, so I think, okay, so this interview, the, it's between the host and um, the, the host is, uh, has contacts with his, uh, she's a correspondent with uh, GQ magazines, but she's got contact with his attorneys, which is really the only form of communication that he has. Um, so first question right off the rip is best we know what's his condition in prison. And then she clarified that all he, all we know is what he told us through his lawyers and social media posts, which I believe he's posting from a lawyer's phone while he's meeting with the lawyers. Um, and it's not often that that happens either from what I've been able to find, but Anyway, apparently he is having increasingly sharp pains in his back and he's starting to lose feeling in his legs. Uh, we know that prison authorities took him to a prison hospital where they did an MRI. Nobody has seen the results of, of it. And he got two pills of ibuprofen. Oh, wow. And then... Uh, okay, so like before he went to jail, he could never understand a hunger strike and now he says he sees the logic of it, which is that you're, you're totally at the mercy of the prison authorities and the government. And this is really your only leverage. You know, you basically have to threaten to kill yourself if you don't get what you want. Um, and then, of course, you know, it was asked, why didn't he stay outside of Russia? And the answer was, if you're not in Russia and you claim to be an opposition politician, it's not real. People in Russia are not going to take you seriously if you're not there with them, experiencing the realities of Putin's justice system and the corruption in Russia and the deteriorating economic reality. People are not going to take you seriously. Um, and that would go against his communist ideals, ultimately. You can't, you can't lose your connection with the people. Um... And basically, she thinks that uh, the idea is to basically de decapitate the movement. Um, you know, people call him the leading opposition or the most prominent opposition, but really, he's the only opposition. And he's the only one who's developed this extensive network of activists and election offices and cities. Um, the real calculation, though, is in September. Russia has parliamentary elections coming up, and even those are very tightly engineered by, by the Kremlin. Navalny has figured out a way to kind of short circuit them with a program called smart voting where people sign up at the very last minute. So the Kremlin doesn't have a chance to tinker with the ballot. And um, I mean, if that is how he's kept his seat, cool. Now get everybody to do that. Fucking take that shit over. At least get it into, into a split because they're still living in basically a one party state. The Communist Party has literally no power in Russia. But. I'm not going to go through the rest of the uh, interview. There's a lot to it. Um, it's a good interview. I dropped the link in the comments. Go ahead and read through it if you want to. 
And Natalie said, I meant to bring this up when I was reading it, actually. I'm glad Natalie said it in the comments. He could be having after effects of what the nerve agent did. Uh, could cause problems months to years later, as a lot of illnesses actually can and do. Like Agent Orange exposure, for example. Absolutely. I guess the reason I pointed that out is so I can point out that our government's done this to our people, too. Okay. Hmm. Trisha, you, uh, you want to take this one? Sure thing. Sure um, thing. This weekend, LGBTQ news. Virginia banned the gay trans panic defense on the transgender day of visibility. So fucking power fist to that. Um, it's the 12th state to ban defendants from arguing that they panicked when they found out their victim was LGBTQ. Uh, the gay and trans panic defenses are often used by defendants who are accused of violent crimes. They claim the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity made them panic. It, no, motherfucker. There's no such thing as being scared of a gay person. That's why I don't even like the term homophobia because phobia means fear. You're full of hatred, not fear. There's a fucking difference. Um, for example, a straight man could claim he went into a state of temporary insanity when he found out a woman he had sex with was trans and then attacked her. That's fucking bullshit. So, no longer allowed, at least in these 12 states so far. Um, the gay panic defense gained national attention in a 1995 case where a gay man, Scott Amador, told his straight friend he was attracted to him while on a TV show. I remember this fucking happening, dude. This was nuts. Three days later, the friend shot Amador and turned himself into the police, arguing in court that he was embarrassed on national TV, as if that's a fucking justification for ending someone's life. It's fucked. Um, he avoided the first-degree murder conviction and received a second-degree conviction instead. I don't think he should have been allowed that privilege. He, he didn't deserve that. Um, Virginia Delegate Danica Roem um, said that there are unfortunately too many places throughout America where a judge could hear that sort of transphobic argument and think, yeah, I would have a similar reaction. That is extremely real, end quote. Um, and that's the sad state of things when it comes to our judicial system. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of this comes back to so many of our judges' seats being held by people who have those fucking types of bigotry ingrained in their lines of thinking. Um, we need to wipe that shit completely out of our fucking judicial system um, and out of our laws. And I'm glad to at least see that there are some states taking the positive steps to remove that right there from the laws that sorry no there's no such thing as you know a panic defense of oh i got scared because a gay person hit on me you're not scared you're a cunt um second thing well unless did anybody have any comments on that one you pretty much covered you you touched all the bases Right. I mean, like, they just act like every gay person in the world is going to hit on them. And I'm like, have you looked at yourself? You know? <laughs> right. I mean, most of these, let's just be real here. Um, 
Like you should take it as a compliment if a gay person hits on you. You I mean fuck looking motherfuckers. Keep my <laughs> ego. Shit. Fuck. Right? A compliment's a compliment. I mean, unless somebody's being a pig about it and then it you know, that's different. But that, that tends to be more of straight men making piggish catcalling type shit. But you know, I don't know. It's not an excuse to kill somebody ever, ever, fucking ever. Um, there's there's a thing called being an adult and responding with, thank you, but I'm not attracted to you. Which sadly, uh, in, in this world, you know, a lot of people don't know how to handle even that coming in return. I don't know. It Society's fucked. But anyways... Um, moving on, uh, the second thing I have here in the LGBTQ news is some comic relief after the reactionary evangelicals freaked out this week over Lil Nas's new video. Um, Don, do you have the, I, I don't where Don, where did, or Rob, where did you go? <laughs> I need you to play this video. That's linked here. He's off the grid here. He's out having a cigarette, ain't he? He's gone off the rails. All right. There were 666 pairs, right? Of them shoes? Of those Man. shoes. All right. They sold so 665. They just need one more. Listen, <laughs> listen. I was helping Trisha move into her RV when all this shit <clears throat> happened, when all this went down. And a couple takeaways. First and foremost, the metal community <laughs> has been dealing with this bullshit <laughs> for a long time now. It doesn't go away. Evangelicals are going to be pissed about something. Mm -hmm. Always. Yep. <laughs> Second off, I haven't even seen the video. Did he like, did he give a lap dance to Satan? Yes. Beautiful. He yes. did, but he he went down a stripper pole like Ghostbusters style, okay, doing the splits or some shit. I mean, I haven't seen the whole thing, just pieces, and it, it's miraculous. But um, I mean, this still though, glorious. they if stopped a, him at the last shoe. If you got a problem with that and don't have a problem with WAP, you need to check yourself. <laughs> this is true. Rob has uh, returned. We're not canceling it though, and we're not canceling WAP. But we're canceling like fucking Dr. Seuss and shit and like Pepe Le Pew. It's just, I mean, they're all kind of wacky, right? And some arguably more so, but nonetheless. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, though, that nobody really canceled Dr. Seuss. The family decided to stop publishing certain books that they felt were racist. And that's their right. Mm. Right. I mean... And then the conservatives freaked out about fucking potato head, dude. I still can't wrap my head around that. I'm not going to breed, but my friend's kids, I may in fact give a pirated copy of Green Eggs and Ham. I'm sorry. That book, <laughs> I mean, is, still, every... that book is still in yeah, circulation. Yeah, that still in circulation. Oh, well, what did they pull? Fucking... Six books that you've never read, I guarantee it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I saw it on Mulberry Street. Yeah, that was that was the primary one, and that one was pretty racist. 
I, I hadn't even heard of it until it got canceled, bro. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Well, so uh, you're back. Thank you. You've got it. <laughs> Live from Las Vegas, it's Oops, You Did It Again with your host, huh? Brittany Spears. Oh, God. I haven't seen this yet. It's Vanessa announced Well, I got that. This is the show where we shine a light on the social pariahs of the week. And I get to decide whether they're innocent or not that innocent. <laughs> and speaking of pariahs, shout out to our sponsor, Georgia. <laughs> Voted best place not to vote. <laughs> I too have been put in the hot seat this week. I was accused of not writing my own social media captions. <laughs> That's right. They thought someone else wrote... Who else finds a sea more mysterious than space? <laughs> Who do they think is running my account? Jacques Cousteau? Okay, my first guest tonight has been attacked by the rare combo of the Catholic Church and Nike. Please welcome <laughs> Lil Nas X! <laughs> Hi, Brittany. I uh, hope you don't mind, but I wear my casual look. You look a Mars. Now, I want to start with your new Satan shoes. Is it true that their Nike is made with human blood? Yeah, but I don't know why Nike's so mad. Their whole thing is just do it. Well, I did it. <laughs> People are also freaking out about your new video where you ride down a stripper pole to hell and then twerk on the devil. Why are they so upset? Uh, because they're closed-minded idiots. People are afraid of me because I'm different, but really, I'm just your typical gay, black, country, rap, sneaker, entrepreneur. <laughs> I put my pants on like everyone else, one assless chap at a time. And, uh, what would you say to the religious folks who were mad that you gave Satan a lap dance? I would say, you know that wasn't the real Satan, right? <laughs> it was a dude in a Halloween devil costume, because the real Satan doesn't do, like, music videos, so maybe chill. To helping people together, would you be willing to give a lap dance to God? Just to even things out? Hmm, okay. Fuck yes. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> there, everybody's got a lap dance. Happy Easter, everyone! Great guarantee show. Oh, we just got canceled, guys. People, that was not the real God. That was just my friend Gary. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> so we just got to ask the evangelicals, are you happy now? God got a left dance too. <laughs> Scales balanced. That's great. Uh, that's great. So um, that brings us, speaking of WAP, uh, <laughs> that brings us to our well-armed proletariat section. That was smooth. <laughs> uh, that is a shitty picture of a Ruger LC LC9S. Sorry. Um, it, it was a 2020 model. Um, it's been discontinued. They only made it for 2020. 
and at the couple of places I found it in stock, it's going for over a hundred dollars off the MSRP. So I mean, I, I saw anywhere from three eighty three to four forty nine, but <clears throat> the reviews are very good for it. And actually, a lot of people are upset that they're discontinued. Um, it's a nine millimeter, holds seven rounds, and uh, you know, good for carrying. Good for home defense. I um, I have a link to, well, two things, actually. I have two links about this firearm to drop in the comments. One is from the Ruger website. That's if you want more information about said Ruger product. And the other one is a site where you can buy it. Of course, when I say buy it, referring to an online purchase of a firearm, it needs to be mailed to a, an FFL dealer who runs the background check and such. Um, so don't think that they're just going to like send a nine millimeter fucking UPS to your house. That's not, that's not how this works. be a lot cooler if it did. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, that is the working class firearm of the week. The Ruger LC9S. We got some science news. You guys Ooh. like science? You ever watch Bill Nye the Science Guy? Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, a new chameleon species was discovered in Ethiopia. Oh man! All right, show me. I'm all about this. Let me see. Well, hold on. You'll see. In a, I guess I can just do that. Let I don't, me fucking I don't, see. I don't know why I'm overcomplicating. All right. Oh, look at him. Aww. Oh, he's cute. Um, a team of zoologists from Germany and the Czech Republic discovered a new species of chameleon living on the slopes of the Bale Mountains in Ethiopia. It has a characteristic appearance displaying enlarged spiny scales on its back and tail that form a prominent crest. It usually lives on small trees and bushes in an altitude greater than 2,500 meters above sea level. Um, and there are currently over 215 known species of chameleon. And this is the newest one that we know. Isn't he cute, though? He is adorable. I would fucking die for him. Hmm. I love lizards. <laughs> So uh, this, is, this is pretty fucking interesting. Fossilized pollen and leaves reveal that the meteorite that caused the extinction of non-avian dinosaurs also reshaped South America's plant communities to create the largest rainforest in the world. In other words, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs created the Amazon rainforest. Um, the new study published March 31st analyzed tens of thousands of plant fossils 
demonstrating that the mass dinosaur extinction, extinction was also a massive reset event for neotropical ecosystems, putting the revolution on an entirely new path, leading to the diverse rainforests in the region today. Whole trees are almost never preserved in the fossil record, so the team had to use fossilized pollen and leaves for information. Um, pollen and leaves preserve well over time and differ morphologically based on species, helping research, uh, re researchers determine what types of plants lived in the ancient habitat. They took rocks from the late Cretaceous period just before the meteorite strike and others from the Paleogene period and assessed about 50,000 fossil pollen grains and 6,000 fossil leaves. Certain characteristics such as density of veins and leaves painted a picture of a sudden cataclysmic annihilation of life after impact, but also a significant rebirth in the millions of years afterwards. Prior to the meteorite, South America's forests featured many conifers and ferns but after it took 6 million years of regrowth, that featured the diverse tropical plant species that we see today. Um, this, this study took 12 years to complete, um, but that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty rad. The asteroid that killed the dinosaurs, ladies and gentlemen, created the Amazon rainforest. So eventually we could use capitalism as an excuse to cut it down. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Am I wrong? I hate that you're right. It's accurate. It's not ethically right. <laughs> Fair. <clears throat> Fair. However, it does kind of show the beauty of nature's cycles of things that cause destruction eventually causing new life everything's nutrients the earth recycles it all except for a bunch of man-made shit that just never break down but i digress um i would assume that it's emily or somebody but somebody said do you know the video has been blocked no, that would explain why our uh, viewers went way down. Should we stop uh -oh. streaming and reset? We can do that. Yeah, let's. I wonder if it's because of my bad jokes. No, I don't. I think it's probably because of the Saturday Night Live skit. Probably. Man, that shit gets aired on fucking regular TV you can pick up with an antenna. That's okay, we're gonna beat the system, you guys. Ah. <laughs> uh, fucking Facebook. All right, <clears throat> sorry everybody, um, I don't know. It's probably going to take a minute to get us back on YouTube, I would tend to think. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, but apparently our video got blocked on Facebook, so all of our viewers went away, and now we're coming back. <laughs> we're going to have to play Happy Birthday for Dean again. <laughs> NBC yeah. shows blocked your video because it may contain content they own. So, yeah, it was... 
It was the SNL. Damn. Fuck that shit, man. You can watch it for free on an antenna TV. SNL gets broadcast just on local stations and shit, too. There shouldn't be any problem with sharing one of their clips. Shouldn't be, but there is. I will argue that on those grounds specifically. It's already public content. Ugh. Okay, so we are we are back up on uh, James said howdy again. We are back up on Facebook. We got flagged by NBC, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm uh, going to try to share this to a couple of groups again. <laughs> Damn it. We're back. Um. On the plus side, when we <laughs> upload this to the like the podcast platforms, it's going to be all one thing. <laughs> we might re-upload this as one thing to make it one thing instead of two, but I don't want to get rid of the views we already have either. So, yeah. All right. And then I will open it back up. So I'm in the comments. Okay. Back to the program. Um, I guess I'll pick it up at the, uh, well, uh, the science. No, the well-armed proletariat segment. Because I, no? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Right after that, um, that thing. I don't know how long it took them to take us off the air because we didn't know until somebody said in the comments. Ah, bunch of bull crap. Hello, Austin. We miss you, my dude. Um, the link to the Ruger LC9S is in the other chat. Um, it's a nine millimeter. It was a 2020 model. It's on sale where it's still available. It was discontinued. That covers that. There was a new chameleon species in Ethiopia. Um, it's adorable. I'm going to show it again just in case. Oh, See? yeah. See this? Look at that cute little motherfucker. Seriously, it's, it's God, fucking adorable. I love him. Fucking adorable. Fucking love him. And uh, the asteroid that killed him. the dinosaurs created the Amazon rainforest. And now we're caught up. Welcome back. <laughs> I just finished submitting the dispute for them blocking our video. So. Hopefully that'll be back up soon. Well, I mean, we're back here now anyway. Well, well yeah, SNL is copyrighted content, though, so it's not surprising. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not that surprised about it. We just should have thought about it. That's all. Well, in my explanation for the dispute, I said this was publicly broadcast on network TV, accessible for free and antenna. Sharing a clip and giving them credit should be perfectly fine. Well, we'll see how it goes. Right. <clears throat> am I sure it's new? I am not sure that the chameleon <laughs> is new, but the scientists seem sure. Um, there well, are currently sure. over... they, they would have probably are... run a DNA test 
I would tend to think so, yeah. Yeah. But there are currently over 215 known species of chameleon. And I mean, honestly, I'm not really that surprised when we discover new um, species anyway. Just because we haven't seen them or documented them doesn't mean they're not there. Right. Um, There's so much of the world that is completely unexplored still by scientists anyway, simply because of the lack of accessibility to certain areas. You know, you're limited in how long you can, uh, you know, go to certain areas and even study certain wildlife, whether it be from, you know, regulations or, you know, your own uh, limitations as far as funding for said project. You know, there's, there's always a limit of accessibility, especially when we're talking about places like the rainforest. There's a lot of rainforest to explore, folks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, the next big thing in our show today is the book club. Um, today's chapter is War and Peace. Um, for those, uh, who have been, you know, reading along and then coming back to discuss it with us, I will drop the link as, you know, always in the comments and it'll take you straight to chapter five. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter on the air, but um, I forgot that it's not. I had the video pulled up on my computer so I could just drop links in there, but it's a new video now. So bear with me. Man, Facebook is laggy right now. Okay. All right. Now the link is in the comments. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll start right at the top. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to read every quote from this book. Um, but, I mean, my thoughts are... Oh, ha, now I hear myself on Facebook. I need to mute that. There we go. Um, all right. So the first thing is uh, war is the highest form of struggle. What did you just do, Don? Put something out and burped. Uh, I thought you were messing with your mic because it was like bassy for a second. Ah, sorry. You're good. You're good. I was just, I was just making sure you weren't like turning it up or something. Anyway, war is the highest form of struggle for resolving contradictions, which we talked about last week, when they have developed to a certain stage between classes, nations, states, or political groups. And it has existed ever since the emergence of private property and of classes. Uh, war is the continuation of politics. In this sense, war is politics, and war itself is a political action. Since ancient times, there has never been a war that did not have a political character. However, war has its own particular characteristics, and in this sense, it cannot be equated with politics in general. War is the continuation of politics by other means. 
When politics develop to a certain stage beyond which it cannot proceed by the usual means, war breaks out to sweep the obstacles away. When the obstacle is removed and our political aim attained, the war will stop. Nevertheless, if the obstacle is not completely swept away, the war will have to continue until the aim is fully accomplished. It can therefore be said that politics is war without bloodshed, while war is politics with bloodshed. Indeed. Anybody uh, got anything to throw on that? No, I seems to have hit the nail right on the head there. Um, history shows that wars are divided in, into two kinds, just and unjust. All wars that are progressive are just, and all wars that impede progress are unjust. Communists oppose all unjust wars that impede progress, but we do not oppose progressive just wars. Uh, not only do we communists not oppose just wars, we actively participate them, or in them. As for unjust wars, World War I is an instance in which both sides fought for imperialist, imperialist interests. Therefore, the communists of the whole world firmly oppose that war. The way to oppose a war of this kind is to do everything possible to prevent it before it breaks out. And once it breaks out, to oppose war with war, to oppose unjust war with just war whenever possible. Revolutions and revolutionary wars are inevitable in class society. And without them, it is impossible to accomplish any leap in social development and to overthrow the reactionary ruling class and therefore impossible for the people to win political power. I think that we're seeing that, frankly, in the US. Um, right now it is pretty much impossible for the people to win political power. Even when we, even when we start to, they shoot us down. Um, every communist must grasp the truth. Political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Communists are not the only ones, but they use that phrase. I'm just saying. Sorry. The seizure of power by armed force, the settlement of the issue by war, is the, the central task in the highest form of revolution. This Marxist-Leninist principle of revolution holds well universally for China and for all other countries. I think it's very... Uh, cocky of him to say for all other countries, because according to his own writings, um, if he hasn't been there and hasn't lived those material conditions, he shouldn't really have an opinion about it. Anyway, um, we are advocates of the abolition of war. We do not want war, but war can only be abolished through war. And in order to get rid of the gun, it is necessary to take up the gun. Um, that's a big part of how the Black Panthers grew out of the civil rights movement. That line alone. Um, our country and all the other uh, socialist countries want peace. So do the handfuls of all, or so do the peoples. I don't know where I got handfuls from. So do the peoples of all countries around the world. The only ones who crave war and do not want peace are certain monopoly, monopoly capitalist groups and a handful of imperialist countries that depend on aggression for their profits. To achieve a lasting world peace, we must further develop our friendship and cooperation 
with the fraternal countries and the socialist camp and strengthen our solidarity with all peace loving countries. We must endeavor, and, and, and I think that this, this paragraph is a big part of why uh, China took the route that they took after the revolution. Like, I'm talking years later, obviously, but we must endeavor to establish normal diplomatic relations based on mutual respect for territorial integrity and sovereignty and of equality and mutual benefit with all countries willing to live together with us in peace. We must give active support to the national independence and liberation movement in countries in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, as well to the peace movement and to just struggles in all the countries of the world. As for the imperialist countries, we should unite with their peoples, solidarity, and strive to coexist peacefully with those countries, do business with them and prevent any possible war. But under no circumstances should we harbor any unrealistic notions about them. Um, you know, it's really funny. This quote is from 1957. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we were having this conversation today. People all over the world are now discussing whether a third world war will break out. On this question, too, we must be mentally prepared and do some analysis. We stand firmly for peace and against war. However, if the imperialists insist on unleashing another war, we should not be afraid of it. Our attitude on this question is the same as our attitude towards any disturbance. First, we are against it. Second, we are not afraid of it. The First World War was followed by the birth of the Soviet Union with a population of 200 million people. The Second World War was followed by the emergence of the socialist camp with a combined population of 900 million. If the imperialists insist on launching a Third World War, it is certain that several hundred million, several hundred million more will turn to socialism, and then there will be uh, not much room left on Earth for the imperialists. It is also unlikely that the whole structure of imperialism will utterly collapse. It is also likely, sorry, that the whole structure of imperialism will utterly collapse. Um, make trouble, fail, make trouble again, fail again, until they're doomed. That is the logic of the imperialists and all reactionaries the world over and dealing with the people's cause. And they will never go against this logic. This is a Marxist law. When he says a Marxist law, of course, he's treating Marxism as a science. Um, um, so Marxism is a lens, right? It's not, I don't know. Anyway, back to the, back to the reading. When we say imperialism is ferocious, we mean that its nature will never change, that the imperialists will never lay down their butcher knives, that they will never become Buddhas till they're doomed. Fight, fail, fight again, fail again, fight again until their victory. That is the logic of the people, and they too will never go against this logic. Uh, this is another Marxist law. The Russian People's Revolution followed this law, and so is the Chinese People's Revolution. Um, the world is progressing, the future is bright, and no one can change this general trend of history. We should carry on constant propaganda. We call that shit posting today. <laughs> Among the people uh, on the facts of the world progress and the bright future ahead, so they will build confidence in their victory. 
the commanders and fighters of the entire Chinese People's Liberation Army absolutely must not relax in their will to fight. Any thinking that relaxes the will to fight and belittles the enemy is wrong. So basically what that last line is saying is that we need to remember the last couple of lines that I read, honestly, is that we need to remember these people aren't going to change. We should give them the option to, but most of these people aren't going to change. <clears throat> so, um, what does uh, anybody else got to say? It's kind of sad that we're still sitting here in 2021 wondering whether or not we're going to have a third world war. I mean, honestly, I think that what Mao said is, uh, is probably a reason there wasn't or hasn't been yet a third world war. Because if World War One uh, you know, convinced, well, not convinced, but, you know, played a role in Russia becoming socialist. And World War II, uh, you know, led to Korea and Vietnam being socialist. Um, obviously, they're not the only ones. But what would a third world war have done? It would show further and further that imperialism is done. Um, and I think that's a really important focus of Mao's. And actually, I I haven't read the whole chapter yet, but I read ahead a little bit. And chapter six is titled Imperialism and Reactionaries are Paper Tigers. Mm. It's uh, That's what we'll be discussing next Monday. I'm excited about that one. We've missed some comments in the, uh, in the stream, by the way, if you want to read those. Um, I will address one of them. Um, Austin, we were talking about potential World War III kicking off in the Ukraine earlier in the stream. Um, I'm looking at uh, Austin's comment. Uh, did you see that thing? We totally forgot. I totally forgot to drag out AOC today. Um, Opportunity arises. Yeah. I'm. Mm. She donated $160,000 to corporate Democrats. Why the fuck isn't she donating that money to people back in her fucking neighborhood back home who need the help? <coughs> um, and then Ron said, the Senate parliamentarian has ruled that the Democrats can pass more reconciliation bills this year and pass them with the 51 vote majority. That's off topic, <coughs> but um, it is important. So thank you, Ron. I had uh, missed that, actually. I mean, I, the more that I... 
I don't know. The more that I witness this, the, the more I think that we can't trust justice Democrats at all. And I mean, honestly, it's disheartening all around. This is why I walked on the Democratic Party fucking years ago. Been voting green ever since because they're the closest I can find <laughs> that aligns with where I think we need to go. Um, I don't and- know, man. I, I I agree. I agree, like completely. But I I have been looking more and more into the uh, Party for Socialism and Liberation. Well, I. I wasn't finished fully with that thought either because I want to add to that um, that at least as far as being actually on the left, um, they at least have a renowned name, you know, like people know who the fuck the Green Party is. The one you just mentioned, I can't even remember socialist something. I'd Yeah. Hadn't heard of them until recently because of the conversations we've been having that I've been discovering. There's a whole bunch of other smaller leftist parties. The problem is us being that divided over literal microcosms along, you know, lines of perspective and views and things we want to change and how. When it- well, uh, I, in, in the case of the Party of Socialism and Liberation, they are a Marxist a Marxist Leninist party. They didn't even like they weren't Wait. even involved in um, electoral politics until the last couple election cycles, and that's why nobody's heard of them. And that's why they got involved in, in electoral politics because they were like, well, hey, even if we're you know seeing a small base. Um, you know, through third party debates and stuff, it's still a way to get the word out. And at first I was like, oh man, they're Marxist Leninists. I don't know how far I can go with these people, but honestly, like hearing Gloria Lariva, hearing Gloria Lariva talk at the third party debate was great because I mean, like, you know, there's like, they're all independents or whatever, but like, they're all talking the same fucking shit. Right. And then you got Howie, who's just like, well, you know, that's not, no, I don't think that's really going to fix it. What we should do is this. And then you got Gloria Lariva, like, we need to deconstruct this part of the system entirely. Here's how we're going to do it. (laughs) Both paths could work. Hers just sounds a little faster. (laughs) Oh, man. Smoke them if you got them. Anyway, but so um, that pretty much brings us to the end, though. Besides the, I mean, obvious closing shit. But uh, anybody have anything else they want to plug or talk about? I do, I do. Um, as always, if you like art, go check out my art page. It's called. Hold on, I actually forgot it. I, I took like a two week sabbatical from doing art to just kind of process life. The art of D.W. Hughes. Look it up on Facebook. I draw cool things. I paint things. I do art. It's not really for sale. So don't like message me asking me to buy it. It's not for sale. It's art, man. Look at it. Appreciate it. It's beautiful. It'll make you feel things. Um, <laughs> another thing I want to say real quick um, just a quote from Socrates you cannot teach anybody 
anything. You can only make them think. That's pretty good. Remember that going into this next week. Very good. What do you got, Sterling? You got to have something. What's rattling around up there? At the moment? Yeah. Um, I'm really worried about my consumption of aspartame and sucralose. Stop drinking artificial sweeteners. It, I, I know, but that brings in <laughs> that brings in willpower. Ah, and and uh, are you diabetic? Can you not have sugar? I am pre-diabetic, so I'm uh, trying to ward uh, it off. Uh, I just had three caramely treats. Why am I saying this on live? Something. It's in my head, is why. That's why. Yes, he opened that door. There it is. Yeah, yeah, it did. I've disappeared into a wave. That's fine. I actually kind of want to use this opportunity kind of to that. show off my um my really newest piece of art. It's a recreation of Hokosai's um the great wave off Kanagawa. I did it on birch bark with watercolor and it's I think it turned out fucking beautiful. It did, honestly, yeah. The texture of the bark actually fits the uh painting. It's really yeah. funny. It's really funny that Trish is like phasing in and out. Yeah, right. It's just what I do. It's finally being represented on camera. <laughs> I'm so there. I'm so there. Indeed. Uh, well, I would think by now that most of you guys know where to find us. But if you don't, we're on Facebook in three places. We have the Mutual Aid Organizing Group, the support group. Uh, we have Twitter, at For We Are Many Two. Instagram, at For We Are Many Podcast. TikTok, at For We Are Many Podcast. I still haven't deleted SoundCloud from this. There's nothing on it. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> YouTube, we are actually uh, For We Are Many Podcast, not just For We Are Many. So make sure to you know, include the word podcast or you're probably not going to find us because we don't have a lot of subscribers yet. Um, and of course, our website, www.forwearemany.org. And um, we're forever plugging our Patreon. Elon, um, Elon, buddy, <laughs> buddy, listen, we'll stop fucking bugging you. The messages, the private messages, the, uh, the videos, Taggings. the videos that I send you in the mail, those will stop. When is, you become our patron. Yeah. We've got a special thing just for you. $100,000 a month. Uh, you won't even miss it. Yeah. You won't even notice. Plus, you'll stop getting those videos and, that, and those pictures that I send you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Goodness. Well, so, thank you, everyone. Uh, I didn't change the date on this slide. It is not March 29th. But no, we not. still will see Thursday for our watch-along of Trial of the Chicago 7 because we 
we fucked that up last week. Life kind of, you know, kicked us all in the ass last week. Yes, indeed. It, it fucking did. Thursday sucked. But today was great. Yeah, gl- I'm glad to see you guys again, dude. It's been a whole week. I know. Fucking missed you, man. And actually, you were gone. It's been over a week for you. You, uh, uh-huh. you and Don were moving. Yeah. Fuck. All fucking week. That's why it. Uh, that's why it felt like so long because it wasn't just a week. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I I got my schedule for work today. I'm actually off on Thursday this time, so that's cool. I, that's I will. Dope. Yeah, I'll actually get to do the watch along. Cause. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Um, I think that's about it, though. Anybody else got anything to say? Nah, man. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for your presence. For sure. Salam, shalom, peace. Indeed. Indeed. Namaste. May the force be with you. And hashtag Antifa sluts. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to talk about. (laughs) It's First Contact Day. Oh, yeah. In 2063, on April 4th, the Vulcans made first contact with the human, or with us. I said that in the past tense. If you've ever watched Star Trek, you'll probably get it. If not, sorry. Anyway, solidarity. Live long and prosper. Hashtag Antifa sluts. Yes. And also shout out to Johnny in the comments. We haven't forgotten about you, I promise. We see you, bro. Welcome. 